Foster Care Nation. Listen up. This is Foster Care and Unparalleled Terminator. Strength for the powerless. Courage for the fearful. Hope and healing for wounded hearts. Welcome back to Foster Care, an unparalleled journey with Jason. And again, no, Amanda, sorry guys, but the godson came over again and she ditched me for the cute little baby and that, and she's got to go run some errands. Kids need picked up from school and all that. So they tell us we can't just leave them there. So she's going to go be the responsible one. And I'm going to be the one sitting here who gets to talk with Dr. Marissa Pay today. How are you doing, Dr. Marissa? I am happy. Thank you happy and that's one of the things that i know you talk about a a lot hope and happiness yes it is that's my story and i'm sticking to it and thank you for having me on your show jason hey i appreciate you being here you know last week's episode we just talked with uh with uh yeah i'm gonna i'm gonna try this nipunica nipunica co yes nipunica i have a hard time with that name because the accent is not where my mouth wants to put it so i sound silly saying it but she talked a lot about the time in her life when in her uh, in her teen years especially when she lost all hope and how she had to find a way to find her hope back and that's a story of a lot of kids who go through foster care there's every story is different and unique has different types of trauma and it has different types of difficulties and different reasons why kids lose hope and i've seen some of these kids live their life all the way into adulthood and never find that hope again. And you see those lives just get turned upside down. I mean, the numbers are staggering for the kids who age out of foster care. Something like 50% of them will end up in prison. Only 3% of them will, will go to college and get a degree. It's just, it's horrible numbers. And a lot of it comes down to that hope piece. They don't believe they can. Right. So what, what do you say to these people who've, been through these horribly traumatic situations and have no idea how to step forward. Well, I have, I have to say, first of all, that, um, you know, pain in life is mandatory. And I like uh, seven out of 10 of us, seven out of 10 of us have had childhood trauma, seven out of 10 of us. And I keep repeating that because Why is it if you are in the majority, if you're seven out of 10 in America who've gone through childhood trauma, my honorable moniker, Oprah says it's as high as eight out of 10. Uh, There are psychologists who will say that it's as high as 93%. So if we are the majority who have had these horrific experiences growing up, why do we think that there's something wrong with us? We are the majority. So when I came face to face with one more year of hating my upbringing, of blaming my mom, who should have known better than to call me fat, ugly, and clumsy, who should have known better, aren't moms supposed to be the ones that don't give you up? Aren't moms supposed to be the ones that love you the most? Aren't moms supposed to be the, way, uh, the ones who think you are beautiful? and tell you that you're beautiful? Isn't that what a mom's supposed to be? How is it possible that I grew up the way that I did? I didn't get a fair shake. There's something wrong with me. 
Otherwise, I never would have been treated this way. And that's a very common song for the majority of us who've had childhood trauma. So when I looked at those numbers, I said, wait a minute, wait a minute, wait a minute. Maybe there's another reason why we go through what we go through. Maybe pain in life is mandatory, but maybe suffering is optional. So I began my own inward journey as a child who was abused, who didn't have the Aussie and Harriet or happy days kind of upbringing to look at how I believed in the BS belief systems that were taught to me very early that continue to be a song that I sang myself. So even after I wasn't hurt anymore, I still carried all of that hurt with me into my present and into my future. And it wasn't until I had to sit myself down and say, whoa, Nellie, whoa, Dr. Marissa, whoa, 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 there's something wrong with this BS, this belief system, that there's something wrong with me. What if there's nothing wrong with me? What if as a child who had trauma, what if that trauma wasn't done to me? What if it was done for me? What if it was something that helped chisel me into greater and greater good? Now, I know that's like some serious rose-colored glasses I want you to wear and rose-colored Kool-Aid that I want you to drink. <laughs> but I'm, I'm going to tell, tell you a little story that I, I absolutely love. And when I'm on stage, I, I love to tell this story. There's two rocks. And these two rocks are in a store. And the one rock's on the left side. You barely, you know, don't even notice it when you go in. But the one on the right, everybody crowds and everybody looks at. Everybody says, oh, my God, what a beautiful rock. What a beautiful, it's so beautiful. Look at the way the angles are. Look at the way the light goes through. It's such a, the prisms, there's just so much beauty in this rock. Now, this goes on for eight years. Finally, the rock on the left is sick and tired and mad. So it shakes its fist and says life and commands that life listens. Life, life, you are not fair. For eight years, I've had to listen to all that hullabaloo on how beautiful that rock is over there. No one ever comes to me. No one ever says I'm beautiful. No one ever pays attention to me. They don't even look at me at all. It's not fair. Life, you are not fair. Life comes and puts its arm around the rock and says, darling, I love you. But every time I come close to you and start to work on you with my chisel, you say, stop, stop, it hurts. I don't want pain. I don't want pain in my life. Nope, 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 don't touch me. Back off. And I have nothing to work with here. I cannot work with you. I cannot sculpt you into the glorious, magnificent being that you really are. But I have to chisel. And so the moral of that story is, I had pain in my life. 
And I can't change that pain in my life, but I can change the story of that pain. I can spend the rest of my life saying, I didn't get a fair shake. Mom shouldn't do that. It was not fair. Why did it happen? This should never happen to anyone. And I, I'm never going to catch up. I'm never going to be as good as the other person. I'm never going to, you know, have a fair shake. I'm always going to have to fight for what I want because I, I, no one treats me like I deserve it. Now you can do that for the rest of your life until you die. That's your choice. But I know, and I'll hold this for you until you know it yourself, that you are one of a kind wonderful, that every single person on the planet who is alive today is a one of a kind wonderful. And the ones who had a tricky past, the ones who had chiseling are even more magnificent than the three out of 10 who had no chiseling because you have so much depth you have so many angles. You have so much uh, a reflection. You, you've developed in you exactly as it was. So here's a question I have for you. If you were, if you're listening now, and I hope you are, and I, I see the ears perking, so that's good. So if you're one of the seven out of 10 like me who had a horrific past and nothing changed, I'm going to ask you this question. And I want you to take it with you and sleep on it and eat on it and just reflect on it. Was there any gift, talent and ability or quality that was developed in you as a direct result of what happened to you, of what happened for you? And I'll tell you right now, as a woman who did have horrific uh, physical beatings, horrific emotional beatings, horrific, uh, I, I, as, as many child of, uh, trauma do they pick what they pick uh, partners who who treat them the same way my my husband did not hurt me physically but he hurt me emotionally he would introduce me to his friends behind my back as a, an obese woman and I'm you can't see me because this is a, a, a bit audio but if you google Dr. Marissa and you take a look at my pictures I was thinner than I am in those pictures now but, but because I, I believed in that BS, that I was not attractive, that I was fat, all the messages that I grew up that hurt me, I dragged into my present, attracted a man who continued that story, and I lived with that. Now, I'm so grateful. Hey there, Foster Care Nation. We'd like to take a quick minute to step out of the podcast here and ask you guys for a little bit of support. If you could share an episode with people, friends, in a group, with family, anywhere where there's somebody who would like to hear this. Also, if you'd like to join us and support our mission, a couple dollars a month would be really helpful. You can find us on Patreon at patreon.com slash foster care nation. Now back to the show. I'm grateful for a divorce because... It's when I could finally say, hey, wait a minute, I'm not fat, I'm not ugly, I'm not clumsy, I'm not broken, I am, I, 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 because of what happened to me, I am resilient, I'm strong, I'm powerful, I have compassion, I'm caring, I'm loving, I'm creative, I'm no fear, I will do just about everything. You tell me I can't do something, you better believe I'm going to do it. 
So all of those things, do I like that about myself? Absolutely. Did those things develop as a direct result of what happened to me? Absolutely. Would I change anything that happened to me in the past so that I wasn't like this? No. And not only do I not have regrets, some people will say to me, yeah, but Dr. Mercy, don't you think you could be the way you are now without that trauma? And my answer is maybe, maybe not. We'll never know. But right now I have the choice every single day to wake up and feel sorry for myself justifiably so, I have righteous indignation about what happened to me. And I have every right to be pissed for the rest of my life. But I do love myself 88% of the time. And because of that love, I refuse to let those BS belief systems uh, that are lies that were given to me by people who didn't know better they do not play on the radio of my life. Those songs do not play in the radio of my mind. I choose a different dial. I choose a different station because it's my life. And it makes me feel better. Here's the ticket. I don't do this because it's the moral thing to do or the right thing to do or I should do it. Don't shit on yourself at all. You do it because it makes you feel better. You want to feel bad about who you are? Choose to do that for the rest of your life. You're not going to have a lot of fun. You certainly are not going to attract good things to you. And you're probably not going to be that fun to be with. Or you can choose, like I have, to say, you know, can't change the past. And at the same time, I'm going to feel what happened to me fully so I can grieve and get mad, but I'm not gonna stay there. I am too precious to stay in that marinating, horrible feeling, resentment, anger, hostility, and depression. I choose to love myself enough to, you don't even have to be grateful for what happened. You just have to look at it as chiselers that make you the one-of-a-kind wonderful that you are. Those are great words of advice. And I, I love the, the BS as belief systems. You are only the second person I've ever heard to, to reference that, and it's so very true. And I'm curious, you know, I'm curious about the, the catalyst for that change in your life when you realized it was time to do that. Because I have some people in my life, I have, I have one particular young lady that I happen to know, and she spent a childhood being sexually abused by family members for like, like years and years and years. She had a mom who was neglectful and abusive. And it, it, like the childhood story was, was one of the rougher ones that I know. And I don't, well, it's not that I don't think I know, I know her well enough to know she hasn't found that moment yet. She's still young, but she hasn't found that moment yet where she can make that turn. So what was the catalyst in your life that made you go, okay, I'm not living in this anymore. Well, first of all, there isn't really a moment. So this is not a slight switch. So if you're listening and you're having some difficulty getting out of uh, the quicksand, which is the, that BS that doesn't um, help you, it is a muscle. It is literally a muscle that you have to exercise on a daily basis in order to be able to move into 
the life that is really you and who you really are in that one of a kind wonderful. So for your friend that you're talking to, the, you know, it, it really is one of those, um, are you, are you tired of being tired? That's the, that's the point, you know, is, is this telling the same story? Is it beginning to hurt you every time you tell it? And is it beginning to isolate you? Are people like tired of your story? <laughs> right? <laughs> if you find people like ducking into the bathroom when they see you come down the, 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 the hallway <laughs> so that they can avoid you, that's probably a good sign that you're actively pushing people away with your story. And it's your story. So I am absolutely um, convinced that the, you know, that, that saying um, awareness is the first step to change. That's true. Like once you figure out, okay, uh, I got hurt. Uh, that sucked. Uh, that happened. I didn't like it. And you have to feel, you have to get to that point, place. You cannot deny what happened, right? I'm not asking people to deny what happened because that's a whole problem right there when you, you shove shiitake down in your life and pretend like it never happened. I did that too. My first, my first part of my, my coping skills was to overachieve, right? I didn't get enough love uh, in all the wrong places when I was growing up. So how was I going to get love? I was going to perform my way into everybody going, oh, wow, look at you. Is there anything you don't do? And the youngest to do this and the awards to do that and all that. That was my coping skill. Except that no matter what I did and no matter how much success I had, deep down I still felt like a piece of shiitake that I was told that I was. So in internalizing that message, I just tried to fix up the outside, but inside I still felt like a piece of shiitake. So if you're an overachiever, if you're a recovering overachiever, or if you're a control freak, if you are a perfectionist, most likely you've gone the other extreme of not dealing with what happened to you. And there's really some value in addressing that pain that you've had. Now, so there's a balance in that point. So for your friend, at the point where she goes, okay, this is not working for me anymore, that's probably the point. When you, you know, in the 12-step program, it's called, when, uh, and this is the why and the how of it, when you, when you quit um, playing God because it didn't work. So whatever you're doing to try to make your life better, right, and play playing God, if it's not working, then maybe it's time to try something different. But like you know, like you just presented the scenario, she's got to get to that point. You can't tell her. You are worthy. You are esteemable. You are one of a kind wonderful. It's going to fall on deaf ears because if you're still holding on to your past pain as a way of identifying yourself, that's a surefire way of staying in that quicksand of hopelessness. But if you are tired of being tired, if you know that this isn't working, if you're not happy most of the time, that's my message. Are you happy 80% of the time, 88, if you're an overachiever, are you happy 88% of the time? Because 88% happiness is every single person's birthright, not just children of, uh, of trauma. It's everybody's birthright. But we've all forgotten that. We have all uh, abdicated 
our birthright to happiness to situations, other people, places, right? We abdicated our happiness to a pandemic. Oh, I can't be happy. We're in a pandemic. I can't be happy because people are dying in India. I can't be happy because uh, um, we're, we're, we're completely destroying our world. I can't be happy because George Floyd died. I can't be happy. I'm not asking you to be happy in bad things, but I'm asking you to be unconditional in spite of the conditions around you. Can you find happiness inside 88% of the time? And how do you do that? You look at yourself. Do I like myself 88% of the time? Not 100% of the time, but 88% of the time. Can I choose to see myself as loving, lovable, and loved? Can I choose to see, uh, can I choose happiness in looking for the best in people, the best in things, the best, not saying that you, you don't focus on problems, but you focus on problems by, by staying in the solution. And the solution is in, 88% happiness. Now, some of you may say, why, Dr. Marissa, 88% happiness? Jason, ask me the question. I was wondering, there has to be some sort of deeply psychological reason there. I'm curious, <laughs> what is the 88%? Thank you for the segue. Uh, it's actually not a psychological explanation. It's a cultural explanation. You can't see me, but I am of Chinese descent. I'm almost 100% Chinese with a dash of Mongolian. So don't piss me off. So in China, <laughs> the lucky number eight is a homonym for good fortune. So because of that, I say 88, double good fortune. You are, you have a birthright of double good fortune, 88% happiness. The other reason why I say 88 is perfectionists are always chasing the elusive 100%. I'll be happy when this, uh, I have a, um, I get this job. I'll be happy when I have this much money in the bank. I'll be happy when I have this car. I'll be happy when I have this person uh, uh, shackled to me. I'll be happy when uh, I have children. I'll be happy when my children are, are in school, have a job, when my parents are not sick anymore. I'll be happy when, 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 when. Guess when you're happy? Never. So... I don't say 100% happy. If you're 100% happy, you're dead. You need the contrast in order to know what happiness is. That's why 88% is almost, right? And it's good enough. Hey there, Foster Care Nation. If you'd like to find yourself in a group with like-minded people, head over to Facebook and you can find us at facebook.com slash groups slash fostercareuj. We've got a group over there where we talk about foster care, we talk about adoption, and we talk about all the things related. If your podcast player allows it, you can also reach down and hit that subscribe button so you get notified every week when we put up uploads. Every Tuesday, a new episode comes out. We'd love to see you next week. Now back to the show. That's why when I have a bad day, I don't beat myself up. If I don't do one thing during the day that I was supposed to do, I don't beat myself up. I was in my 12% and that's okay. I'm going to focus on the 88% of the things that I did do and feel good about them. That was just for you, Jason. <laughs> that's awesome. Now, are, do you speak Chinese? I do. I speak do. Mandarin. So, so what is, what is the number eight that is the homonym? I'm curious. Uh, 
Fa. So okay. fa is a homonym for fa. Fa is the the good fortune. So si right. um, is the homonym. That's four is the homonym for death. So that's why Chinese people will not buy a house with the number four in it because it's a homonym for death, and they will buy a house that has eights in it. But That's you can't buy a house number that has a five in front of an eight because five is a homonym for not. Okay, so not eight is not a good thing. <laughs> <laughs> you know, the yeah. cultural piece is always so interesting, you know, and, and people can't see it. But, you know, Dr. Merce, I don't know if you can see it or not. Um, yeah, I can't quite get my arm in, in the right angle on the camera there. But I, I have a uh, a tattoo on me written in Korean. And uh, because I was a I was a linguist in the in the military at one point. Oh, perfect! And, and what does it say? Well, it says "che napin okay. um, which kind of has a a a double meaning there, but more or less it means that I love my wife. Aww. Yeah, there's there's a, a secondary kind of meaning there, but um, a bit of a double entendre, if you will. But but you know, it <clears throat> you mentioned that, and I had to had to ask because Korean uses a lot of uh, of Sino uh, Korean words that, that have some Chinese roots, and so I was just curious if it if I was going to be able to pick up on that. But it's it's the wrong eight, I'm assuming. Uh, I don't know. I I'm not going to venture into something that I'm not uh, well versed in, but. It certainly is a good follow-up question to my Korean friends. I'm, I'm actually going to have one on uh, on Friday this week on my show. I, I've done a whole series after George Floyd died on um, it's not black and white, or is it? Sorry, after George Floyd was murdered, I had a series with Akuyo Graham, who's an activist and actress, on is it black? It's not black or white, but is it? And then with the Asian hate, Asian American uh, hate crimes, I had a series or not a series, um, but I've had been having shows on hashtag stop AAPI hate. So this week I'm bringing the two together and having uh, an activist um, advocating justice for Asians along with a advocating justice for black uh, African-Americans and the two will be coming on my show for the next level because now we've got, okay, we're aware. And, and to go back to finish that sentence, awareness is one thing, but it's awareness means nothing unless you have a willingness to make the changes after. Amen. So that's why I have this next level of people of color have to be supporting other people of color if we're going to do this. So your friend she can be aware of her horrific childhood and what happened. And it does sound absolutely horrific, but she has to have the willingness to move beyond that in order for her to turn the corner and claim the birthright that is hers. Where did you learn the, the willingness to, to step into something different than, than staying in that victim mentality that, that I'm certain you had at a young age? Again, I think it was, um, it, it wasn't a light switch. It was like, and I, I don't even see progress like a slanted line diagonal up. I see it as a circular with just a little bit of an up tilt every time. So for me, I, I remember the one moment was um, 
I was a, a, a young professor and I got asked to uh, be part of the tea group series that UCLA uh, would put on the encounter groups back in the day without telling how old or young I am. I'm ageless. But anyways, uh, all of the staff in these tea groups were dying. They were older and there was no diversity. So I was a <laughs> token, double token, young and Asian person of color to join this faculty. And in order to do that, um, I had to go through it myself. And in this program, the encounter group is very powerful learning about yourself. So I had um, people in my group, uh, a very highly successful executives who have never talked about their trauma. And so they go through their first 30 years in business extremely successful, and then they hit a wall and they begin to either cry for no reason or they begin to um, um, become extremely angry and uh, cause problems with human resources in the company. And so these people would come in, and, and I'll never forget one of my clients, he witnessed his father's blowing off his head at the wow. age of seven and was never allowed to talk about it. So he carried this with him inside. And as I was saying, the other extreme of people who bury their pain, who bury their past, it's like you're burying garbage. And when you, Gar take a garbage disposal um, hand and you press down on your garbage. What happens to garbage is it liquefies. And what happens to liquid when you press it again is it gasifies. So you've got these children of trauma growing up to be adults who've never addressed their trauma and they walk around with gas leaking out. That's what happens in what I call the midlife opportunity. So in order to be able to help the people in this program, I had to go through this encounter group myself. And man, I was just, the moment of, of reckoning that I had also been guilty of burying the pain that I went through, beaten to the point of being in the hospital as a child, right? and being screamed at and, and told I was fat and ugly, all of that came back. And it came back with a vengeance. Because it's true, what you do not deal with will come back and deal with you. And I think that was the moment that I had to deal with. And I, had, and I went through many renditions of not dealing with it well. You know, when, you, when you're face-to-face -face with pain from your past and you haven't dealt with it, you don't want to feel it, man. You will drink over it. You will eat over it. You will pill over it. You will shop over it. You will, you know, uh, 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 inappropriate relationship over it. You'll do anything to not feel that pain. But I had to then realize after many tries at not feeling it, that the only way through pain is through it. The only way that I can get out the other side is to actually sit down and feel it. That's why the book is not a book as a psychologist telling you how to be happy. Eight Ways to Happiness from Wherever You Are is a guidebook with exercises in it to lead you to deal with your pain one true, real experience at a time 
so that once you finish doing all of the exercise, I promise you will not hate yourself the same way again. You will discover that you are not Humpty Dumpty, broken into a million pieces. And we all have this, whether you've had childhood trauma or not, but I promise the ones, foster children, adopted children, children who've been abused physically, sexually, sexually emotionally. Uh, 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 I just had a woman who was uh, uh, molested by a priest. So I had another gentleman who was sexually abused by a coach. So the, all of that trauma is scary. All of that, you don't want to think about it again. So all of us have, especially if you've had childhood trauma, have a giant hole in front of you that everybody sees the hole. It's black, it's dark, and you're, you don't want to go there. Because if you think that if you go in there, you're never going to get out. You're going to be Humpty Dumpty. You're going to break into a million pieces. There's no bottom. You're going to fall forever and die. And that is not the truth. That is another BS that we fabricated about our past pain. I know for a fact that you can go in there and with the book or with myself as a coach or any therapist or someone to help you, even a best friend, to go and explore that pain one last time to understand that there was no part of that that was deserved. There was no part of that that you could have uh, 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 avoided. There's no woulda, shoulda. There's no regress. It happened. And to feel fully the impact of that pain once and for all and once for the last time. And when you do that, when you go in that hole, guess what? You find out that there's a bottom to that hole. You will not fall forever. There's sides to that hole. There, uh, there's flashlights that can be used in that hole to illuminate what's down there. There's candles you can bring with you. And when you look there, you, you shovel out all of that shiitake, all of the horrible things, all of the hurt, you shovel it all out, shovel it all out, and guess what happens? You find the seed that is you, that one-of-a-kind wonderful seed that is you. Instead of jumping the seed out of the hole, we now turn and get the shiitake. <laughs> I know there's kids going to be listening. You take that same bad stuff and you put it back in the hole as fertilizer. That's why I say it's not what happened to you, it's what happened for you. All of that horrible, crappy, ugly stuff is fertilizer. It will chisel and grow and expand you into someone that couldn't have happened any other way, that has magnificence chiseled all over it. And that's who you are, that's who I am, that's who we all are. But we gotta stop buying the BS that there's something wrong with us. Yes, yes we do, and I love that. <laughs> I appreciate what you had to say there. And um, for the listeners that the book will be listed uh, in the show notes there, it will be linked in there. I assume it's on Amazon and all the important places, right? 
Amazon, they actually just started carrying it at Walmart. So that's a nice thing. And Target. And uh, if you go to my website and you uh, want a personalized copy, you just go to drmarissa.life. And if you get a personalized copy, I'm giving away a free children's book with every purchase called Mommy, What Are Feelings? And Mommy, What Are Feelings is a part of my nonprofit work where I um, give these books to uh, all kinds of people who um, don't know how to feel, you know, and a lot of them are parents who want to teach their children about feelings, but they weren't taught how to feel. They were told not to feel. They were told not to cry. They were told not to, uh, you know, I'll give you something to cry about, that kind of uh, parenting. Were and you in my house in the early 80s? <laughs> possibly, possibly. I'm everywhere. <laughs> <laughs> So, so that book, Mommy, What Are Feelings, was illustrated by my two beautiful daughters who are a direct result of that marriage. So I'm grateful for that marriage and, um, and, and even more grateful for the divorce. But my, that's why Chapter 5 is out of hatred into forgiveness, okay? <laughs> it cost me a lot of money. But anyways, IJM, it's just money. But uh, if you buy a copy of that book, then I will give you a copy of the a children's book which is downloadable and you draw your feelings and it's a beautiful it's it's been recognized by the autism uh, community for for helping so i'd love to be able to give you that that's wonderful yeah because well even our own seven-year-old he um we, he was adopted through the foster system he was kind of a family member um when you start to figure out relationship algebra i think i'm a double half step uncle maybe okay biologically speaking i don't know something like that but um but he is uh he, he's got his own set of traumas from his childhood and that's something that because it's not my strength you know we have begun working with the play therapist who's been very very helpful for him and being able to have those moments and understand his own feelings and that's something that's not always easy for young kids absolutely absolutely so as you mentioned when they have parents who who had their own stuff right yes yes and if you're a kid and you're listening, you get a free copy of that book. Just put your email in my um, pop-up and just say um, Asian Oprah giveaway. I was introduced to Oprah as the Asian Oprah by Michael Bernard Beckwith. In case you Google Dr. Merson, you see Asian Oprah. That's why. But I'd love to be able to give any kids listening to this a, a free copy of that children's book, Mommy, What Are Feelings? So you can uh, explore your own feelings. I love that. I love that. And you have a podcast as well that you don't do the silly thing I do and go out and waste time and edit stuff and all that. And you go live and, and, and put out a podcast on a regular basis. You told me 400 and something consecutive. 469 consecutive weeks. Wow. On the air, on camera this week, this Friday at three, it's syndicated on my CNBC, NBC news radio channel, KCAA. AM 1050, FM 102.3, FM 106.5, streaming everywhere. iHeartRadio, iTunes, Tiki Live, Spreaker, Spotify, everywhere. Um, but it is a show about hope and happiness, and it's called Take My Advice. I'm not using it. Get balanced with Dr. Marissa. And I'm so grateful for that. I won the 2016 Podcast of the Year Top 10 in Health Award, uh, the 2019 Cover Award. Uh, I've had brilliant guests, everyone from 
um, the beautiful late great Don Wells, Marianne from Gilligan's Island. I just had Eddie Munster on. Uh, I've had uh, Fran Drescher on, not talking about the nanny, but talking about how to reduce your risk of cancer. So Dr. Uh, John Gray, men are from Mars, women are from Venus, was talking about health and wholeness. So I have these stars that don't come on because they're stars. I love bringing people on who illuminate or use their limelight to highlight ways in which we can be happier, ways in which we can be healthier. So that's what my show is about. That's amazing. And I'm just going to say I, I'm way impressed with 469 consecutive weekly episodes because we are maybe 80 something episodes in at this point that we managed to pull off consecutive weekly episodes but my goodness that's a lot of work 400 oh you're almost 400 over me well 80s nothing to sneeze at so good for you and continue to do it and it's just one podcast at a time one show at a time and as you can tell i hate what i do i hate talking i'm very shy sarcasm is another service i offer so I, I, you know, I love, I so love what I do. I so love, I, you know, I can't feel bad. Anytime I feel bad, I just open my mouth and I feel better. Because <laughs> <laughs> I have to, I have to listen to my own shiitake. Yes. <laughs> I preach. <laughs> well, I have a wife who listens to mine. So, you know. There you go. but yeah i no i just wanted to really thank you for for bringing your your wisdom to this because it sounds like your wisdom was not something that you picked up out of a out of a a book somewhere or picked up off of a a tv show you know watched it's a wonderful life enough times and and had had a epitome decided to be happy but like you had to work your way through it oh yeah oh yeah this is an inside out job and it's totally by experience so when i say i feel your pain I actually, 88% actually can feel your pain. So when, when, you, when you have a voice in your head that says, nobody knows how I feel, nobody can, nobody can possibly imagine what I've gone through, I'm going to tell you right now, darling, I, can, I may not be 100%, but I can do 88% of your pain. And I'm telling you right now that you do have a choice no matter how young or old you are you do not have to choose that pain on a daily basis you do not have to choose that pain on a on a yearly basis you can stop the buck stops right over here point at yourself you love yourself enough to stop hurting yourself it happened it's not happening now it happened but it's not happening now And I can either choose to remember what happened or be grateful for what is happening right now. I'm going to leave you with one of my favorite Happy 88 tools. It's called Take a Bite of My Gratitude Sandwich. So Dr. Wayne Dyer was wonderful with his five things you're grateful for in the morning. I'm an overachiever. I'm going to make you do eight. So when you get up in the morning, instead of grabbing your phone and starting to scroll through things that really don't matter to you, that you can't control, that are usually bad news, I want you to sit up. Don't get your device. Sit up and just breathe in. 
through the nose and release through the mouth. Ah, soft shoulders, soft elbows, soft knees. Another deep breath in, do it with me now. And releasing ah, all the stories and the drama. And one last deep breath in. Connecting with me through chi, eternal energy, the breath of life, no beginning or no end. And then eight specific things that you're grateful for. You cannot say friends or family too, General. I'm grateful for the coffee that I had this morning that is so delicious. I'm grateful for the view from my balcony here right now uh, of the ocean of abundance. I'm grateful for the fact that I'm going on location next to uh, highlight some people who are doing great things when it comes to valuing diversity. Number four, grateful for this chance to talk to the foster care uh, uh, podcast and Jason. Uh, number five, grateful that I am speaking tomorrow for the Institute for Violence, Abuse, and Trauma, uh, the 18th Hawaiian Summit that you can still register for at ivat.org. Uh, number seven, that I... Um, Sorry, number six, that I have two beautiful inside and out girls who call me for no reason to tell me that they love me. Number six, I don't know, am I at seven or six? I think you're at seven. Okay, seven, that I, um, my short film, my, uh, the uh, new PPP post-pandemic possibility is, is finished. And number eight, that we're gonna be unveiling that new short film Thanks to hashtag COVID silver lining, I had time to put a film together. Uh, it is going to be released on my nine year anniversary of my show, May 7th, 3 p.m. You're all invited to that screening. And that's eight. So that took what? Two minutes? Three minutes? Maybe. Less? Less, yeah. So you do that. So that's what you do every single morning. And then at the end of the day, this is the, this is the most important. The bottom of the bun is eight specific things that you appreciate about yourself. It doesn't do any good to be grateful about everything outside of yourself if you cannot be grateful and appreciate and approve of who you are. And this is where we all break down. What do we do before we go to bed? We get mad at ourselves. Oh, I forgot to do this. I didn't do that. Or I get mad at other people. How dare they said that to me? How dare they think that about me? And that's how, no wonder we have sleep problems. You can't go to sleep mad like that. So I ask you to appreciate what are eight specific things that you appreciate about yourself. And if you are your own worst critic and you're so hard on yourself and you say I'm not any harder on other people than I am on yourself, I only got two words with you. Stop it. If you can't approve of yourself, how the fork do you expect anyone else to approve of you? So you got to work that muscle, bud. You got to. I'm creative. I'm sensitive, which is 100% correlated to creative, by the way. I'm funny, even though my husband told me every day I was not. That's the gift of divorce. I am loving 88% of the time. There are some people I don't, but that's okay. I'm not perfect. <laughs> I'm caring more of the time because I do care. Uh, I am innovative. I am uh, a, a, a good communicator and I am impatient. So, you know, I'm not perfect, right? So I always add the one thing, but I have seven really, really good things that I appreciate about myself. And now I can go to sleep. And now I know 
that tomorrow is going to be a great day. And that's it. I love it. I love it. Well, thank you so much for sharing your wisdom with us and, and the listeners here today so they can learn something from you. And I hope they, uh, if they have any questions at all, be sure and go over to the website, um, fostercarenation.com. And you can see in all the show notes, the links will be there. You can go over to uh, Dr. Marissa's site at drmarissa.life, correct? Correct. And my YouTube channel that houses all of those interviews I just told you about as long as, as well as my red carpet interviews with Halle Berry, John Travolta, Quincy Jones, and a bunch of other pretty cool people. So that's my YouTube channel. It's a free subscribe, and that's the easiest way. I'm trying to migrate everything over there. Excellent. Excellent. That'll be really, uh, really easy way for people to find you because I don't think I know anybody, including my six-year-old, who doesn't know how to use YouTube. <laughs> Exactly. It's easy. And I'm all over social, Dr. Marissa, all over, as uh, except for Instagram. I'm on uh, Doc Balance, D-O-C Balance. And I just started TikTok. Don't tell anybody. But I'm Dr. Marissa for happiness or something like that. Yeah, you're ahead of me because I haven't even attempted to figure out TikTok yet. I, I barely have time for what I've got going on here. I don't know how you do it all. <laughs> I juice my life. I my life model for my past is no regrets and for the future is don't die wondering I love it I love it okay foster care nation thank you for listening to Dr. Marissa's story now take her knowledge and wisdom to heart so you can create love and healing in your family and community be sure to come back next week we have new episodes every Tuesday if you would like to share your story as a guest you can reach us at fostercareuj at gmail.com you can connect with other like-minded people on Facebook at facebook.com slash groups slash fostercareuj. Don't forget, we have a Patreon where you can support our mission for as little as $5 a month. It's patreon.com slash fostercarenation. The links to everything in the show notes or your podcast player or at fostercarenation.com. And as always, you are so super awesome. I thank you guys. Oh, cool, cool, cool. Yeah, yeah. Thank you for listening. Thanks, thanks, thanks.